Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's time once again for another edition of the Live Mike. My name, of course, is Michael Back, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Hanging out with you today, because, well, it's, it's a normal podcast day, but there's some stuff I really want to talk about, namely discussing some conversations I've had on social media the past couple weeks about the direction of the Steelers team and really what they should do moving forward and uh, I've seen a lot of people hammering the fact that the Steelers running game is one of the worst in the league which I, I give you credit it is absolutely correct the Steelers had the least total rushing yards and the lowest yards per uh, carry or yards per yeah yards per attempt in the entire League, So it wasn't just bad because they weren't running the ball. It was bad even when they were running the ball. Like both situations combined. The 32nd ranked team in both facets. It, it was not good enough and it needs to be addressed. But that being said, the way you fix that position isn't by going out and finding and drafting a running back in the first round. And I know some people right now have heard me talk about this a little bit in the past, but I think this topic really needs a good, thorough investigation as to why I legitimately feel like drafting someone like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne wouldn't change anything for the Steelers, and it wouldn't change anything for the running game. I've had people 
accredited media members he even talked to me about why they think going running back in the first round actually makes sense and to me it, it just doesn't because when you look at the Steelers offensive line it's rumored that Marquise Pouncey is uh, set to retire Alejandro Villanueva for months has been rumored he was also going to retire the Steelers are still looking for cap space and that could mean someone like David DeCastro could be on the on the trade block who knows for free agents like Matt Filer and Zach Banner like the Steelers offensive line wasn't very good last year and they're going to lose a lot of guys and be worse this year coming up watching the Steelers through 16 games last year one thing was apparent when they tried to run the ball yes schematically it was not a very good efficient system to run the ball in but they were efficient the first five weeks of the year when Matt Canada had a little bit more of an influence on this team the Steelers start to run into a little bit of health issues. David DeCastro, of course, he battled a knee injury all year, and I think I think everyone can agree was a lot worse than he really put on because he, he did take a step back uh, regardless of him actually getting all pro votes and a Pro Bowl nomination, but still, David DeCastro was not the same guy he normally was. This team throughout the, the season, one thing was apparent was other teams' defensive lines were living in the Steelers' backfield. They were pushing... Even Marquise Pouncey or J.C. Hassenauer when he was getting started, they were pushing those guys into the backfield and tackling runners in the backfield. James Conner and Benny Snell, I know they're not like the top of the NFL echelon when it comes to running backs. You might even take 32 guys above both of them. But they had no chance. And I'm not saying they should be the running backs going forward, but if the Steelers don't address... Uh, their offense line and make that unit a more solid group and fix the schematics of its running attack there's no point of having anyone of any name value in the backfield why does it matter who it is that's getting tackled in the backfield the fact of the matter there's going to be defensive players in the Steelers backfield tackling them for a loss that that is a fact of the matter it's not it's not here nor there it is legitimately what happened to the Steelers and this offensive line that wasn't good is getting worse if they start throwing assets towards their running back backfield it doesn't matter how good someone's vision is if you have your offensive lineman getting pushed three yards back disrupting the play what are you going to do bounce it outside you look at Najee Harris and Travis Etienne they don't have breakaway speed that's not what's going to (laughs) happen Like, legitimately, going running back would be a massive mistake for this team. And it's not something that they should be putting themselves into a situation of doing. And I know guys have come at me and said, best player available, best player available, best player available. But when you look at it that sense, and you look at the value of a running back, I think it's there's no way that the value of the position of running back makes it a position of value in the draft, if that makes any sense. You look at the guys that have been drafted highly in the NFL, at running back, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, being some of the most notable guys that have uh, recently been drafted high. What happened to them this year? They're both injured. It, it's it, it's the territory of the running back position. They don't stay healthy. They don't have long careers. And when they get a second contract, they almost immediately fall off the cliff and are no longer elite if they were elite prior. If the Steelers are go- going to draft someone like Na- Najee Harris, we have to we have to accept the fact that the Steelers are about to proceed into a rebuild. And what's the point of having a running back that's only going to have four or five good years at most? Because you got to remember, he's twenty three years old. Four or five good years at most, 
when a rebuild is going to take three to five years at least for this team to be Super Bowl contenders once again. Najee Harris, it would be like wasting a player's career, in my opinion. Even if he was great, even if he was this unbelievable back that could shake out of just horrible below league average offensive line play and still get positive carries, it's not going to mean anything. If the Steelers start blowing leads in games like they did in 2020, we saw what Ben Roethlisberger and company did. They abandoned the running game. Ben Roethlisberger was throwing 50 passes a game in far too many situations. That's kind of the Steelers' philosophy right now. As long as Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback, the Steelers are going to try to force, force the ball down the field. If there's ever a situation when the Steelers are losing a game, they're not going to rely on the strength of a running game. We already know this to be true from the last five years. And that's kind of the direction the NFL as a whole is kind of moving into. And for a team that's kind of regressing and a team that's got a a brutal schedule coming up in 2021, I, I just don't see any way that a running back could be successful in this upcoming season for the Steelers. Well, one of the other things we have to consider here is the other values of drafting an offensive lineman outside of just the run game because this is a passing league. Teams pass the ball considerably more than they run the ball, and that's going to be the, a, a trend for a long time in football. I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. When you draft an offensive lineman, especially tackle, like I think the team should do early, and again, when it comes to that best player interview, uh, best player available thing, there's going to be a ton of first-round talent still available when the Steelers pick. But when it comes to this team adding a player like a tackle, they're also investing in protection for their quarterback position. Ben Roethlisberger, he might have a year, he might have two years left in him. Like The fact of the matter is, he's at the end of his career, and if he's taking hits, he's going to play worse, and we know that from Ben. If he gets hit, he plays worse. On top of that, you got to be ready for the next quarterback to come in and give him enough protection that he has more than league average time to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball down the field to help grow some confidence. That's one of the huge things when it comes to a rookie quarterback. And if this team cannot protect him, cannot keep him upright, what is the point? You look at what happened to Joe Burrow. And right now, it really is a miracle that Joe Burrow's even walking. Because that guy, because of a terrible offensive line in Cincinnati, one of the worst in football that will be highly invested in, had his knee completely shredded. ACL, MCL, LCL, like, you name it, I'm pretty sure virtually every single ligament in his knee was torn. I think the only thing stopping his leg from, uh, the lower part of his leg and his upper part of his leg from just swinging around like a bag of meat was his patella tendon keeping it all together. His knee was shredded because of terrible offensive line play. And really, the Bengals are lucky that he has, that, surgeries are what what they are nowadays because if that injury happened even 20 years ago, Joe Burrow's career potentially would be over. That's really what the Bengals, the situation the Bengals put themselves in. And I'm not saying it's guaranteed that when you have a battle line, something like that's going to happen, but it, it is so much higher frequency of something bad happening when you have lower level players like that across your offensive line. And the Bengals, again, had one of the worst offensive lines in football. 
That's why the Steelers need to invest in their line. They need to protect a quarterback, and that's what's going to spark the running game. And to say best player available at running back, you can find running backs a, a, a very similar talent caliber as Najee Harris in the second, third, and fourth round of this draft. We all seen the value of running backs in the NFL today. A ton of quality running backs are going to slip. That's just the name of the game in in football in 2020. Teams just don't care about that position anymore because they know it, its value just isn't there. And you can find guys, undrafted guys, that have 1,000-yard potential. We saw it with James Robinson in Jacksonville. It doesn't matter where guys are drafted anymore at the running back position. You look at Derrick Henry, who was the most successful running back, obviously, this past year, posting the seventh 2,000-yard rushing season in NFL history. The Titans had a great offensive line and two monster receivers that forced safeties to stay deep and kind of keep a softer box. It was still the passing game that really helped Derrick Henry. If A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and even Johnny Smith weren't there for the Tennessee Titans, teams would have loaded the box, and there's no way... Derrick Henry would put up 2,000 yards. But a great offensive line and great weapons forcing forcing defenses to respect that passing game of the Titans allowed Derrick Henry to run wild. What do the Steelers have that, that are even comparable to that? The Steelers are going to have a horrible offensive line, unless it's addressed. They, they'll have a receiving core that's probably going to be without Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson, there's some NFL executives that have been calling up one of the worst receivers in football because of his drop problem. Like, who's there to be respected right now in the Steelers? Chase Claypool and Ben Roethlisberger's chemistry didn't didn't really materialize throughout an entire season. So if that doesn't get on track, there, there's nothing stopping teams from loading the box and just going one-on-one with the Steelers receivers and just making quarterback and running back lives a nightmare because they know they can't throw the ball on one-step drops down the field. This was one of the problems when Mason Rudolph uh, took over for Ben Roethlisberger when he was out for the year. No one was able to protect for Mason Rudolph because they didn't respect his ability to throw the ball down the field, and the Steelers really didn't have very good wide receivers that year that year altogether. Now all of a sudden, there's Steelers fans clamoring that they need a running back. What is a running back going to do? What is it going to change? I don't think it could potentially change anything for this team. Like, I've seen some people saying drafting a quarterback, if the Steelers were to do that, if they were to trade up for Trey, Trey Lance or, Lord forbid, they, they stick where they are and draft Mac Jones. If they do that, a lot of people say, oh, that's like punting on 2021. Well, I think drafting running back would be also like punting on 2021. All of a sudden, the Steelers haven't addressed their, their need in the offensive line and they have a wasted pick on a running back that's just going to be tackled in the backfield. And another argument that I've seen that has just made my blood boil is the the amount of people that think, oh, you can find an offensive lineman in later rounds. That argument to me just stems from the fact that offensive linemen don't get their name called on a weekly basis and people just don't really understand the game of football. There's arguments to be made that the, that the most important positions in the sport is, is the guys that are protecting the quarterback. If you have Patrick Mahomes, who you could easily say is the best quarterback in football right now, and you gave him the Bengals' offensive line through his MVP season and these two Super Bowl runs that followed, what would you, like? Would he even come close to the stuff that he's been able to produce the last couple of years? My answer is absolutely not. 
if, if you take a half second away from any quarterback in the NFL, are they going to be successful as they were in years prior? Not a chance. The Steelers need to fix everything else before they go running back. And to say that, like, an offense lineman is just, oh, you can find them in later rounds, that's really just, like, just a ridiculous argument. And then pointing at Kevin Dotson saying, oh, we found him, so it's easy to do that. It's not. The offensive line position is not easy to just find guys that are uber talented. They have all the measurables that you need out of a great offensive lineman and can do it both in the pass and run game. Kevin Dotson still struggled in a lot of facets, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't start that wild card game against the Cleveland Browns. I know, in my opinion too, that was a mistake that he didn't play that game, but there's still faults in his game. He's not a perfect offensive lineman by any means, and he has a long way to go before he could be even considered a top offensive lineman in the sport. The Steelers need someone that really kind of rivals the size of Alejandro Villanueva and athletic ability of some of these top tackles in the game, as well as a tackle that's also a road grader and can push defensive linemen downfield. you got to keep in mind the Steelers are going to play Miles Garrett twice a year for the foreseeable future. You need someone who can block that guy. And right now, Alejandro Villanueva isn't that guy, and he never was. Miles Garrett usually ate his lunch. There's a lot of great pass rushers in the AFC. The Steelers need someone to protect their quarterbacks, whoever that is. So they need to invest in that left tackle spot. You look at the Browns. They got Tristan Wirfs. They invested there. Ronnie Staley, some people call the best left tackle in the game for the Baltimore Ravens. He tore his ACL. The Ravens instantly looked 100 times worse. Cincinnati needs to invest in that offense line position. And if they don't draft Penny Sewell, I think a lot of people would be stunned with that third overall selection uh, or fifth. I I can't remember the spot that the the Bengals are in right now, but they're picking top five. And if they don't go the best offense line in the board, I think a lot of people would be shocked. It's the position that is thankless, but it's a position that the Steelers need to address. Now, I think we're going to jump into our break of the show here, and we will be back with more information on why the Pittsburgh Steelers should avoid going after a running back in the first round. So hang tight. We'll be right back in a moment. It is time for the second half of the live mic. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Today, obviously talking about running backs and their value across the NFL. But when it comes to this draft, I want to kind of branch out even further than just the running back position and why the Steelers should kind of hone in on figuring out their offensive line board and 
one of the things I mentioned in the first half a lot was the best player available thing. And that's something, of course, the Steelers need to worry about, and they need to worry about for years to come when it comes to drafting players. It's just typically a good way to go about your business. But in this draft, there's going to be a ton of first-round graded offensive linemen. And, you know, we've said this multiple times throughout the years, that if the Steelers have a, like a decent grade on a left tackle as such as like an Alex Leatherwood who might be graded as a early to mid second round pick guy they should explore avenues of trading back and honestly it'd be a really good idea for the Steelers to kind of look into that avenue this year if they're not trading up for someone trading back might be the best way to go about things because they have a ton of holes and they don't have any cash if the Steelers were able to trade back and pick up a, a pair of second rounders, that could be huge for the future of this team. Then they don't have to worry. That way they could secure their left tackle. They can secure likely a corner, which is going to explode as a need here in the coming weeks if Joe Hayden's cut and they're unable to sign Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton, which is a legitimate opportunity that all three players are gone. All of a sudden that becomes a gigantic position of need. They can find a backup pass rusher if they can't sign someone, but chances are with their cap situation, they won't be able to. They could potentially still draft a quarterback in the second round because as I've talked at nauseum, it feels like the Steelers don't have anyone under contract past this upcoming season at quarterback. The Steelers have some serious holes and they need to address that offensive line and they need to do it either in the first round or early in the second round via trade back. And there's going to be a a number of guys that are still available when the Steelers are picking 24. And if it comes down to Liam Eikenberg or Alex Leatherwood and they they think they could be there around 40, 45, then they should absolutely, absolutely be exploring a trade back if there is opportunities to do so. And it's the NFL draft. There's always an opportunity like that. The Steelers have not done that in a number of years. Typically, they just go off the board and take their guy no matter what. We saw it with Terrell Edmonds, who at the time he was drafted, a lot of people had him as maybe the third safety still available at that point in the draft. And that was one of the picks that came as a shock to a lot of Steeler fans. Artie Burns, I know a lot of people had a third-round grade on him, but because the Steelers were so desperate for a corner and everyone else had already been scooped up at that point, they panicked and took him the first round. Artie Burns was never a first-round pick. Regardless of what he was able to do in his rookie year, his most successful year, he was also he also looked bad in his best season in the NFL. And we saw where that road kind of led down. The Steelers consistently kind of go off the board for positions of need. So when people come at me yelling, best player available, the Steelers don't give a crap about that. And they, they haven't for a number of years. They are filling their needs. And that's something this team has to do. And again, the Steelers... Their philosophy is to avoid the trade back. I don't know why. They just don't do it with their early picks. But I wouldn't have a problem if the Steelers didn't have a first-round pick this year if it meant trading back and adding a couple seconds or a second and a third. If they were able to do that, all of a sudden, the Steelers can add one more position to that to those top 100 picks to fill some of these holes that this team is obviously going to have. The Steelers legitimately could be in the market for a wide receiver in those top 100 picks too. I know they've they've gone that spot a number of years consecutively, but right now the Steelers are in such a bad cap position that there's going to be guys that 
need to be brought in. And when you look at the Steelers' offensive line, they're probably going to need to draft a left tackle and a center, and there's a potential that both of them start right away. So do you want a fifth-round pick starting at center? you want J.C. Hasnauer starting at center? I, I think the answer would be a big collective no. And to be honest, like it, it makes the most sense to me too. Why in the world would they do that? The Steelers need to address this offensive line so early and so often without having their guys killed that a trade back would probably be the smartest thing that they could possibly do because that way they can address the center position in a Landon Dickinson or Creed Humphrey who will both likely be second round picks. They can address the left tackle spot in like an Alex Leatherwood or Liam Eichenberg. Someone along those lines, there's going to be a bunch of tackles again. There's probably there could be as many as eight tackles that go in the first round, and there could be like another six in the second round. There's tons of ta- there's tons of tackles with high upside. There's a there's a significant drop off after that. But the Steelers, they need to address both positions, and they need to do it within the first three rounds at both spots. After that, yeah, the Steelers still need a running back, but. We've seen it in years past. They're gonna. We know they'll likely have two fourth-round picks with the Javon Hargrave, a compensatory selection that will be coming their way. The Steelers are probably going to need a corner if uh, they're going to make up any of this cap space. All of a sudden, there, there's mock drafts popping up that suggest the team could go uh, like a Patrick Sertan out of Alabama or Asante Samuel Jr., uh, the former All-Pro's uh, son uh, coming out of Florida State. There are a ton of guys that could be taken in the first round right now. Like, for once, when the Steelers were flying high, it felt like running back might be the way they can go because they were a good team, and good teams can afford to take a luxury flyer on a running back. The last seven weeks of the season, the Steelers were 1-16, and and if that's the team they truly are, they are not a good team and cannot afford to take luxury picks, especially on the precipice of a rebuild. If Ben Roethlisberger was to retire in the next couple weeks because he said, you know what, this offense is worse, and I don't want to learn a brand new offense, and you know what, that offense coordinator you brought in, I don't really like him either. I'm just going to hang it up, hang him up. I'm done. Or if the Steelers force him out the door, what do they do then? Uh, they're almost handcuffed into taking a quarterback, or they just take a bridge here with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins and just hope for the best. Or they could just completely try to blow it up and move on from every player that's older than 28 years old. The Steelers can't really afford to like go in a, a full tank because at the end of the day, they still have T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and Devin Bush on that defensive side. Those guys will never let a team drop low enough that they'll be a top five pick. They are too good defensively to let a team drop that far. So an Ian Howell in 2022, that, that's not possible either. The Steelers are in a really tough spot right now, a really tough spot, and they're going to have some serious holes to fill, not just this draft, but the draft the year after, and they need to fill the positions that win you games first. They, they need to find a quarterback at some point over the next two years. They need to find guys to protect the quarterback over the next few years, and they need to find guys that make life miserable for opposing quarterbacks over the next few years. That's that's really the name of the game when it comes to draft and when it comes to paying guys in the NFL. That's been my philosophy. Uh, if I were ever to be a GM, you got to pay your quarterback. You pay the guys that protect the quarterback, and you pay guys to get the other team's quarterback. So if the Steelers really are slammed against the salary cap wall, 
maybe they should start taking trade calls on some of these older guys that they have across their defense and see if potentially they could bring in some draft picks because this team needs to add more significant positions. And once again, if the Steelers aren't adding any draft picks, it would be a massive mistake for them to go running back any earlier than the third round right now. And, and like that is just a fact of the game of football. Running backs, they don't matter as much as they used to. And I don't think there's any NFL expert that you could go talk to and they'd, they'd disagree with that. It's If you've watched football the last number of years, you can't honestly point at a team with a great running game being like, oh, yeah, they're a Super Bowl contender. Look at the four quarterbacks that were playing in the conference championship game. Look at the four those four teams. They're the top four passing teams in football. That's a fact of, of the matter. That, that is legitimately what happened. The best passing teams in football made it to the conference championships. The best passing teams in football. Why does it matter about a running back? Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, what, what's the point? Who cares who's getting tackled in the backfield? I said it earlier, but who cares? If you don't address the offensive line, you're just putting these guys in positions to fail. And I'm probably going to repeat this till I'm blue in the face, but the same people that are clamoring for Najee Harris are going to be the same people that are going to be the be the earliest to call him a bust when he's getting tackled the backfield. Sure, the guy might be an elite running back, but what is an elite running back going to do behind a crappy offensive line? What are they going to do? Possibly nothing. So with that all in mind, I, I think it's time to wrap up today's podcast. There's going to be tons of content, as we all know, on the draft going forward. Of course, the draft is a couple months away, but with no combine, no individual workouts, we still got the senior bowl. There's going to be tons of question marks on all of these guys. It's going to be one of the craziest drafts in the history of football. Like, I'm sure I could do a podcast. Probably even the next live, Mike, will look at uh, how... how good drafting teams could really nail this draft because you're not going to know a lot of things about a lot of these guys and these late round picks with the combine could have been second or third round picks could have boosted their stock but now who knows so with all that said keep clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com there's going to be tons of stuff uh, through the coming days of course for agencies coming up after the Super Bowl once uh, we get there across that bridge then we'll really have a, a firm understanding of where the Steelers will likely go in the draft make sure you're listening to the entire family of Behind the Steel Curtain podcast there's great content coming to you each and every day and once again my name is Michael Beck thank you for tuning in live Mike and we will catch you next week Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.